0: Welcome into the Extra here on KRDO News Radio. I'm Andrew Rogers filling in for Justin Hermes this morning. Thank you for joining us. Here on the Extra, we've got an exciting show today talking about the local real estate market as well. But as we do every Friday here, we're going to start things off by featuring this week's hometown hero, courtesy of Marigold's Cafe. Joining us on the KRO Newsline now is Sergeant First Class Brian Sargent. Brian, thank you for joining us here on the Extra.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me, Andrew.
0: And let's talk a little bit about uh, your background and uh, your service here at Fort Carson.
1: Well, um, I joined the Army way back in 1998, which is hard to think about how long that's been, but uh, joined active duty, spent 12 years uh, hopping around the country uh, and overseas uh, doing uh, signals intelligence analysts with the Army, uh, went to Hawaii, went to Korea, had a really good time, but uh, around 2007 or 8, I realized that Uh, a lot of our soldiers were having a tough time coming back and dealing with some of the things that they've uh, seen and done and decided to leave active duty and go back to school and try and do something to help. So in 2010, I came back here to Colorado Springs and went to school at UCCS, got my undergrad in uh, psychology, and uh, kept working on that to build up something where I could actually give back to the community. And all the while, still in the reserves. um, And then the master's program at UCCS, once again, as a um, counseling and human services, getting that degree. And then finally getting my licensed professional counselor uh, certification with the state of Colorado. And um, yeah, now it's 24 years later and I have my LPC and I'm trying to get back to the veteran community here in town.
0: Absolutely. And you know, we hear that so often from so many veterans and even if they transition from active duty to more of a reserve status that, that uh, wanting to give back in the uh, ongoing, you know, service to others continues on. And that seems exactly like what you're doing and talk to me a little bit about that wanting to uh, continue to give back just in a different role.
1: Right. Well, uh, the, the military community is really tight-knit. Uh, you go through things that you don't run into in the civilian community. And I don't want to put anybody down, but the intensity of training, the intensity of those deployments, uh, you know, these people that you're with, you're with them 24-7 a lot of times. So you build up those bonds and you know the the other person inside and out, and you recognize when things are changing, when they're having a hard time. And the worst feeling in the world is not being able to do anything about it. So you're you're sitting on the sidelines and your buddy is there and they're breaking down. Their, their families are falling apart. Um, relationships are falling apart and they don't ask for help. And that's one of the big things in the military um, we don't ask for help as much as we should. It's getting better. Uh, we've got more mental health people in the communities now, but it's still, there's a stigma. You know? If you're asking for help mental health-wise, you internally will think that uh, no one's going to trust me anymore. I I can't be counted on. But that is the furthest thing from the truth uh, if you ask for help, if you make it known that you're struggling, having a hard time, your people are going to be there for you. And I wanted to to try and remove that stigma a bit when it comes to soldiers and asking for that help. Um, yeah, And that's what it comes down to for me.
0: Absolutely. And getting that help from somebody who speaks that language and has seen it before is super crucial. You know, Brian, we definitely want to thank you for your service to our country and your service to fellow service members as well. That's why uh, Marigolds also wants to jump in. They've got uh, dinner for you and a guest, all the uh, trimmings to really help say thank you to that. I know uh, Gus and his team, Justin, will help get in touch with you, get you guys connected as a little token of our appreciation for uh, what you've done and are continuing to do here. Here in the community all right
1: thank you very much
0: thank you again brian Sargent, our hometown hero of the week again thank you to marigolds for helping make that possible still ahead here on the extra we're going to dump into the local real estate market with an expert and uh, one whose business is growing here in the area as well we'll break that down as we continue here on a friday morning Welcome back to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio. I'm Andrew Rogers, filling in for Justin Hermes. And uh, joining me now in studio is Greg Lucek. He is the uh, principal broker with uh, Keller Williams Client Choice. Greg, thank you for joining us here on Good KRDO. Good morning,
2: Andrew. Good morning. How you doing?
0: Doing fantastic. Good. How are you
2: doing? I'm good, man. I'm I'm super busy, but I'm doing really well.
0: Absolutely. And let's talk a little bit about your background and yeah. uh, what got you into real estate here in Colorado Springs.
2: Yeah. So I worked um, in marketing. My background's in marketing. Worked for uh, a real estate company marketing in 2007, 2008. Uh, started selling real estate in 2009. Been doing that till about 2017 where I formed my team, the Luchat Group. Um, I have an awesome team with some incredible, incredible professionals that, that I get. The absolute privilege to work with every day. Um, honestly, I'm going on month two of of becoming the new uh, owner and and uh, operating principal at Keller Williams Client's Choice. So that's been uh, that's been my latest challenge. Been super exciting, super challenging. Um, Waking up every day, super inspired, man. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and let's talk a little bit about that transition, and maybe you know, first off, some of those terms because I think a lot of people are familiar with what a realtor is, but yeah. you know, what's the difference? You know, when you go between realtor and broker.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, realtor, basically, you're you're selling houses. You're you're usually hung, doing that under a brokerage, like a Keller Williams Client's Choice. Um, once you start kind of uh, owning the show and running the show over there, that's when they they kind of transition you into the broker, where you sort of broker the other right. agents. It's a pretty loose term in some other areas. Broker just means you broker the real estate deal. But um, in Colorado Springs, typically brokerage means you're in some ownership capacity at the at the real estate shop.
0: And kind of, you know, maybe overseeing those operations, as you mentioned, and kind of setting the tone for other realtors and also helping to maybe mentor younger realtors as
2: well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of training, a lot of culture building, a lot of coaching, a lot of um, big picture kind of thinking. Um yeah, it's really exciting, man. A lot of fun stuff. A lot yeah. of a lot of good agents in the office. A lot of good agents on my team that have come to the office. A lot of good agents coming in. Um, it's a really interesting time, obviously, in the business. And so, uh, just feel really, really excited to be aligned with such a established and fantastic brand like Keller Williams, and doing it at the best real estate office space in the entire city um, is really, really. Uh, I feel really grateful.
0: Yeah, and you know, you kind of mentioned that kind of uh, coming in and changing the culture as well, and that's obviously got to be even harder now during these uh, kind of concerning, questionable times when it comes to the market.
2: Yeah, it's a unique time. I think it's a really interesting time in real estate as a whole. I think it's an interesting time in the real estate market in Colorado Springs as a whole. Um, Within our business at Keller Williams Clients Choice, it's a really interesting time because we're transitioning from the original owner and founder, Joyce Hefner Williams, who was um, like the sixth female realtor in Colorado Springs, kind of thing. And so um, really strong, strong history of female entrepreneurship in the office, strong culture that she established so well over 20 plus years. And so for me to come in and and take that over and kind of try to run with it and build out the things that she did so well and kind of add my flair to things, um, it's really exciting. I, I do think as a whole in the real estate market, it is an excellent time for realtors to build their business. We feel things are going to be squeezing a little bit. and I think there's a real opportunity for realtors who want to get good at the business and stay really hungry and stay really... Um aggressive and have a lot of grit to get through the next few years and actually build business when everybody else is going to be shrinking.
0: Yeah, you know, you we went through so many years where everyone, you know, kind of <clears throat> saw this, you know, almost that gold rush, as you will, yeah. that, you know, you come in, all you have to do is, you know, learn how to do the contracts, fig, pass you know, the yeah. state bar, get your license and put a sign in the yard, and all of a sudden you got a commission check the next yeah. day, but really, as you mentioned, now might be that time for people who really want that career to jump in because uh, really, those smooth uh, seasons has never really made a skilled sailor so this is the time to really come in and learn so that when we do get that correction and things start to swing back up you're ready and you know how to deal with really anything
2: absolutely um that was really really well said i i built my business in 2009 which was a down market as well um I thought it was a really good time to pick up extra market share, honestly, because to your point, I think there's going to be a lot of agents who don't know how to present properties, market properties, price properties, and dialogue with their clients potentially correctly. And so that does allow some opportunity for market share to be picked up by the agents who who have developed that skill set and whose competencies are really robust. And so I think it's now more than ever a time that we need to really double down on our coaching, double down on our training, get really good, get our agents really good, get our dialogues and our experience really built out. Um, I think the next couple of years, three, four years... Are going to be a time for really good agents to thrive. I really believe that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it comes down to, as you mentioned too, that dialoguing with clients. And that's something that's, you know, so crucial, not only in the real estate industry, but really every industry is that customer service aspect that I think a lot of people have now tend to kind of yeah. push to the side and make it more just transactional.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, there wasn't a whole lot of customer service, right? It was a sign in the yard on Friday and 15 offers on Sunday. So, I mean, the customer service was giving you an offer 30000 over asking, right? That's a completely different conversation then, hey, the market's shifted on us and we need to actually cut price and get ahead of this. And so um, it's it's a unique time. We have dialogues. We have a lot of realtors that have come in the business over the last two, three, four years that have never had those dialogues. Um, And from the brokerage model side, we've seen a lot of these brokerages go virtual. A lot of people are running their business off Zoom. Man, Andrew, I got to tell you, if this isn't a people-to-people business, real estate, I don't know what is. I feel like we're getting back to a time that we're going to have strength in numbers and we got to come together again, collaborate and, and work together to get really good.
0: Yeah. You know, it's always that old adage. It's not, you know, what you know. It's a lot of times who you know, and you can't really build that database. You can't build rapport with other agents, other brokers, other members of the community just behind a screen or almost with that kind of keyboard warrior mindset that a lot of people have adopted over the past couple of years.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple of big issues with it. Number one, I think there's not really a whole lot of supervision. So when, when realtors over the last few years have been making phone calls, they haven't had somebody kind of listening in and checking them and sort of giving them some tips to improve and get better. Um, I also think the zoom culture has really sort of flushed out all like ideating. Um, I think collaboration is big for idea forming. Um, I think you see that all over the place. And I think we've lost a lot of that the last three years. Everyone's kind of been bunkered away in their own homes for sure.
0: Yeah, it's definitely kind of, you know, kind of set up, you know, hey, this is how I'm going to do it and really not even opening up to new ideas. And as you've come in, you mentioned, you know, this is an established, you know, branch with a longtime owner that you're coming in. So, what are some of the uh, biggest uh, misconceptions that you've heard coming in and, trying to work and update and improve a culture of an already established brand like what you have over at Keller Williams.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think over the last couple of years, there's been some um, murmurings in the real estate industry that maybe the major brokerage model has died off a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I really think, Andrew, that was a COVID product. I really think two years ago we had – Everyone was working from home, so you need need a brokerage model because everyone was working from their couch. Uh, And I think we came out of that to a three-day market, whether you're on the buy side or on the list side. I think your incubation period has been really snap fast. Um, and so I think transitioning out of that, I think kind of just the misconception that you do need strength in numbers, you do need tools, you do need you do need a brand that the public can identify with to understand that you um, have been trained properly and understand and have strength in numbers. Uh, I think we're back to a model where you got to knock on knock on office doors throughout your your current brokerage and, and see who's got buyers for you, see who's got sellers for you. You got to start making deals belly to belly again. Um, so I think everything's really changing, and I think kind of the Uh, rumors around the real estate industry over the last two, three years that, that the brokerage model has kind of shifted from the major players down to a lot of these independents. I think that was a product of we had COVID and I think that was a product of we had a lot of realtors in the industry. And I think as we see that start to thin out a little bit, um, we're going to start to see that shift. I think as we usually do, as the market turns, we're going to see everything come back closer to the middle.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things that a lot of people tried to make those decisions based off of, you know, a very temporary blip in the road. You know, we had that, you know, extreme circumstance of not a lot of people in offices combined with, you know, everyone thinking they can sell their home for Mm -hmm. 30, 40, 50 over asking price. And, you know... Maybe kind of leads to some ideas that uh, hey, this could always be like it, but you have to go back to those tried and true and uh, really the established model that is going to be more sustainable than just over that you know eighteen month period.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I think yeah, I think with the brokerage model especially, I think we saw so much going away, and it just became uh, it became who can do it the cheapest. Mm -hmm. And I think when you don't need brick and mortar, when you don't need overhead, when you don't need uh input capital into things like training, things like coaching, things like programs, things like tools. You can run a real estate brokerage model for really, really cheap. Um, I think the good realtors are the ones that are going to really survive and thrive in the next market. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for people who want to do this business well um, to grab a lot of market share and come out of this thing in a really, really strong position. I saw it myself in 2009, 10, 11, 12, um, and then came out of it and really started picking up a lot of momentum once the market started moving again.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, we have to take a short break. We're going to get an update on national and local headlines as well. But we're going to talk to Greg about what he's seeing kind of currently in the market right now because that's obviously one of the biggest questions. I know really anyone who has that big R behind their name mentions, you know, what's happening in the market and, you know, where we're going from here. Has the bottom, you know, reached its point yet? We're going to talk about that uh, heavily polarizing topic on the X. Still ahead here on KRDO News Radio. Again, another check of local and national headlines. Still ahead. Welcome back to the Extra here on KRDO News Radio. Continuing our conversation with Greg Luchek, the principal broker at the uh, Keller Williams Client Choice office here in Colorado Springs. You know, Greg, before break we you know kind of teased you know yep. asking that million dollar question i'm sure you get every time you step out of the office right now and have we seen the worst of what's to come yet when it comes to the real estate market
2: yeah you know i'm not i'm not going to speak on statistics because i think that uh, figures lie and liars figure a little bit when it comes to some of that stuff i think when you start looking at days on market i mean they're up but i think that's not really speaking to a lot of the houses that aren't selling at all that are kind of coming off the market and might be re-entering in spring. I think, um, with our team, with the loot group specifically, I think we're seeing a lot of, um, clients that we're talking to that are like, Hey, I couldn't sell my house the last six months. Can I list it with you guys next spring? And so, um, I'm also feeling on another hand that, that some of those stuff that we, some of the inventory that we have on the market is moving. I mean, we're getting pretty decent showing traffic. um, I got to be honest, Andrew, it's it's difficult to say it's the bottom. I mean, six months ago, it was the three-day market that we Mm -hmm. were talking about. So that was a pretty quick shift. I do think there's going to be some really good opportunities to buy houses next year. I think we're still in an awesome space. Obviously, real estate is um, an extremely safe investment long-term from that perspective. And uh, I think real estate in Colorado Springs is an extremely safe investment from that perspective. I think we have a lot of people that want to be here. I think we obviously still are, are... uh, very desirable place to live. Um, so I think long-term, we're going to be really safe. Um, I think we're paying a little bit back for the last couple of years. I thought we saw some in- insanely quick... Increases in values for sure that that we're coming back on a little bit.
0: Yeah, so I mean, you're kind of talking about those valuations, you know, you kind mm-hmm. of use that example of a client maybe have their house on the market for you know six months or something like that, not being able to sell. What do you kind of talk to them as far as that realistic point because they saw you know a summer and really things of uh, going so crazy and having such high high numbers, yeah. but you know, how do you have that conversation as far as coming coming back to what reality is?
2: Uh, I think just positioning yourself as the expert, having the credibility and having one-on-one you know, honest conversations. I think if you're doing your client the service of speaking to them truthfully, I mean, this is somebody that you're literally signing a contract to be on their team. Mm -hmm. So you guys are contractually, emotionally, uh, time investment. You guys are business partners here. So you got to have that open communication and dialogue. Um, Not be afraid to speak openly with your clients. I think it's really important to shoot people straight, especially in a market like this. I I will say... Everything I'm hearing on the on the loan side is that new loan applications from last year to this year are down. You know, anywhere from a fourth to a uh, there a fourth of what they were. They're down three fourths, down seventy percent, seventy five percent, eighty percent. So we know there's less buyers in the market, and that's kind of a. I'm an ice fisherman. I, I I always tell my team. I think there's like this human condition that I'm walking on the ice, and then one time I take a step and I feel the ice flex beneath me, and for some reason instead of walking to the next step. I kind of hold still where I'm at, right? And so I think we're feeling that. I think the market got a little bit uneasy. I think it started flexing below us a little bit. And I think a lot of buyers are just kind of holding in and staying where they're at. I think once things calm down a little bit and things just settle, I think they'll re-enter the market a little bit. I think so many people still want to come here and live here, sunny every day. And so I think we'll see the market start to perpetuate. Right now, though, I do think we're still seeing listings move. I think the key is you've got to be the good ones. And I think in the last market... A plus, A minus, B plus, B minus, D minus houses still sold. And I think in this market, I don't know if those C minus houses are selling anymore. I think you got to be in the top 20, 25% as far as houses go, right? Because the buyer pools down a little bit.
0: Yeah, and that kind of comes back to, you know, that conversation as well as about working, you know, with more of those established brands, those established agents who have that training and knowledge to really know how to take that, you know, maybe C-listing minus and, you know, what needs to be done to transform it to an Absolutely. A-listing where a lot of people who just thought, hey, I'm going to come in. Get this real quick. Start making some quick cash. uh, May not have that uh, depth of experience.
2: Yeah, we. I think we saw a market for a while where where a lot of realtors um, across the country really started really resting on their laurels a little bit and started doing a little bit less than they should have been doing, and we're back to a point now where marketing and condition of property and presentation of property and. Uh, making sure that, that the realtor is pointing out all of the different value propositions in a home, I mean, that's in vogue again. That's important. And I think we need to get back to doing that as well as we possibly, possibly can for our client's sakes.
0: Yeah. So, Greg, if somebody's you know maybe thinking about a move you know, maybe into the spring, now is the time to yeah. maybe start prepping that. What are some things that uh, maybe you would suggest to make sure that uh, when the time is right that you do have that A-plus property and we have a couple months to work on it?
2: Yeah, I would say get ahead of it. I would say get ahead of it. I mean, get with your realtor early. Start getting getting into consults with stagers, start getting ahead of maybe some of the work that you have to get done uh, around the house. Condition matters again. We're seeing a lot of buyers that want to come in, they want to unpack and they want to move in right away. They don't necessarily want to come in and, and remodel the house completely before moving in. And so condition plays a big factor again. And so any of those projects in regards to like interior paint or maybe carpet replacement or any of that kind of stuff that, that we've been sitting on uh, is maybe worth taking a look at tackling over the over the holiday season. That being said, get with your realtor early, get with get with your professional early and um, get their input because you don't wanna you don't wanna make the wrong decision, and start investing a ton of money in the house that you're not gonna see give back to you either.
0: Yeah, what are some of those big things that, you know you might see and I know every situation's different, obviously put that kind of caveat in there, but what are some of the uh things that you hear a lot of people say, you know, hey, I'm gonna throw a lot of money into this and you kind of sit back like, Oh, that's probably not gonna actually pay back.
2: Yeah, it's really difficult. Uh, you know, I mean, there's the remodel, of the kitchen. There's even the carpet. I mean, it's it's really challenging. You don't want to switch out the carpet, and then the next guy comes in and has to tear it out for hardwoods anyway, right? And so it sort of depends on the property. It sort of depends on the area. Typically, the major remodel stuff. I don't think we need to get too creative on the buyer pool is a little bit smaller, as we talked about, which also means that um, the buyer. What they're looking for is a little bit more specific too, right? When you have 100 buyers, 20 might like your style exactly. When you've got 20 buyers, maybe you've only got three or four that like that style of kitchen cabinet or flooring or color. Um, And so it's a little bit different. So I'd say really lean on your professional. There's going to be certain neighborhoods within the Colorado Springs market that you're definitely going to be held to a little bit higher standard as far as uh, condition and finishes, uh, but that being said, it definitely, definitely goes how specific and just lean on, lean on your realtor, trust your realtor. Again, these are professionals that have signed a contract to be on your team. So, Absolutely. so, so, lean on them, lean on that advice, and lean on that professional relationship for sure.
0: Absolutely, we have to take a, one more break. We'll continue this conversation about the local market with Greg Lucek on the next side, right here on Cardio News Radio. Welcome back to the Extra here on KRDO News Radio, continuing a fascinating conversation with Greg Luchek with uh, Keller Williams Clients Choice. You know, Greg, we are talking a little bit off the air about yep. that transition between, you know, just a realtor and broker. And, you know, kind of talk to me a little bit about what that means for you, your day to day, and how that's been kind of going business wise.
2: Yeah, um, so I've been transitioning my business a little bit over the last uh, five six years as my team has grown and I've taken on a little bit more time coaching and training and and really pouring into some amazing young agents on my team. And so now we're week five in at the job as as the op at at Client's Choice and um, definitely getting stretched a little bit a little bit thinner, um, which. I tell my team like I gotta still sell houses just so I can remain breathing. I mean it's just what i'm what I do, what I'm made of, who I am. and so um I think my production will step back a little bit with that with that, my team will pick up some of the slack and I've got obviously an amazing team. Uh, but I tell you it's really rewarding to invest some of that time back into the office and just see, um, some of the agents grow and seeing some of the culture already start to shift a little bit and some new excitement. Uh, I think anytime there's new leadership, there's that little bit of um, invigoration of of new inspiration and ideas and stuff like that. So um, yeah, kind of running three hats, running the team, running the office, as well as obviously running my own business. But I this is what I love to do. And so I'm, uh, I'm loving it.
0: Well, and again, you know, too, that also shows that kind of leadership mentality that you're able to not only, you know, tell your team, you know, kind of invest in those young agents as far as, you know, Hey, this is, you know, what could be happening in the market. You're actually out there with them seeing it right now and kind of leading from the front almost instead of just, you know, sitting in a corner office and dictating.
2: Yeah, that is such a great point. I think it's, especially with the market, the way we are now, I mean, I feel like almost on a week to week basis, we're feeling such a difference in the shift of, of the momentum and, and stuff like that, and so I think that it's really important right now to um, be kind of in that hands-on coaching space. And there's some of the, you know, the online coaching that we talked about earlier. I think you can do for some of the basic skill set stuff, but I think right now collaboration is so huge, and just what we're seeing in the market on a day-to-day basis. And so I do think it plays a huge, huge factor. The fact that I'm in the market, you know, still still contributing 60 houses a year, um, which is like half of what I'd like to do but but uh, the fact that I'm still in the market and still slugging it out I, I definitely feel like gives me a little bit of an unusual advantage to feel what my agents are feeling for sure
0: absolutely you know you mentioned earlier too that this might be a time that if somebody maybe wants to get in and uh, really start building that business now do it yeah. while we're still kind of grinding so what what would you look for maybe in a potential you know new agent that kind of wants to come in and have that uh, ability to start growing and grinding now before things uh, Really start to get back on that upward swing.
2: That's a great question, Andrew. So I built my business in two thousand nine, built it purely off expired listings. I was calling expired listings literally four hours a day. Hey, your home didn't sell. Do you still want to sell it? Um, I think it gave me an unusual advantage to really understand what price, what properties needed to look like, what that condition need to look like, what the marketing need to look like, what the pricing need to look like. I think it got me really good early. And so I think agents that get in the business now are going to get a really unique opportunity to develop a really robust skill set early in their career that's going to serve them really well. That being said, what we're looking for, self-driven, motivated, super accountable to their business, Um, thinking like a CEO, thinking like an entrepreneur and really wanting to take ownership of their business.
0: Yeah. And, you know, kind of having that ownership of your business as well. Definitely key now, because as you mentioned, the market, you know, isn't just shifting, you know, month to month. It's almost yeah. week to week kind of seeing those different ebbs and flows right
2: now. Yeah, absolutely. And and to your point, yeah, I mean, we've, we've had houses on the market over the last month that would go a week, two weeks with very little showing activity. And then all of a sudden in week three and four, uh, we get three, four or five showings a week and we get offers, sometimes more than one, right? And so... Um, Teaching some of the agents' patience is going to be challenging in a market that they didn't have to have any, a 72-hour market that we talked about, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, yeah, I think the ebbs and flows and, and sharing the data and sharing what people are feeling with and collaborating with other agents again. And you have no idea how many deals I put together over the water cooler, right, in my career. And that's coming back in vogue. We're going to be doing that again. Talk to your talk to your fellow agents, build a system, build, um, build those relationships early in your career, and I swear they'll last you forever. I have realtors that, that I've done my first and second deal with, with uh, now that clients that have been with me for over a decade and friends and relationships with other people in the real estate community that I've had for over a decade. So um, strength in numbers I think is really important again and and coming back in a big way for sure.
0: Yeah. And, you know, kind of that idea too about that teaching patience as well. You know, you mentioned you started kind of, you know, as you know, things were starting, you know, to really yeah. come out of that bottom in 09. So also having that kind of knowledge of what the different market shapes look like, because, you know, we've mentioned it time and time again, so many people got into it just when it was hot and thought, you know, Hey, this roller coaster is never going to go back down and, you know, you got to keep going on with this. So that knowledge and Hey, you know, I've seen this before and know how to deal with it. It's going to be
2: huge. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, I think just the skill set that was needed to, mm-hmm. to attack that market. I mean, if you're approaching this as the CEO of your own real estate business, which you should be, that should be market agnostic. You should be able to do that business in any market. In the market, we can't control it. We can't change it. We can't shift it even a little bit, right? We can only react to it in real time and do the best we can and communicate like crazy with our clients. And so... Um, just the skill set that's needed in a market like that. I got to tell you in 2009, 2010, 2011, when I was building my business, I it pe- keeps coming up to me recently how many times I noted like, oh, this house just hit the market. Holy cow. I started tar- talking to this person 12 months ago or eight months ago or 18 months ago. And so the incubation period was just so much longer. And so skills like follow-up and consistency and communication, um, we got to get back to that.
0: Yeah, and you know, and that's one of those key things that it's, you know, very pertinent for you in the real estate market, but really any business is being able to run your business no matter what the external factors are because you can't control those and really being able to take hold of the controllables that you do have and be able to shift and tailor no matter what industry you're in.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I think a lot of the skills that you're going to be developing in this market. Uh, especially over the next two or three years. Again, just the things we talked about, right? Uh, developing those relationships with vendors. So you have a landscaper that can come in and help your client get that house looking great. And you have a carpet cleaner and you have a contractor and you have a handyman and you have these things set up again to get that condition, to get that property, maybe from a C to an A plus, right? Um just the way we live in houses isn't the way we sell houses, right? Especially when you have families and stuff like that, it becomes challenging. So having those tools that the realtor can come in and, and really help you get the property where it needs to be so you can get top dollar for your house in a challenging market is going to be more critical than ever.
0: Yeah, and Greg, it's been a fascinating conversation. We've got yeah, about thanks, a Andrew. minute left or so. So if people want to get a hold of you, the team, anyone over at Keller Williams, what's yeah. the best way to do so?
2: Keller Williams Client's Choice. Uh, the original Keller Williams office in Colorado Springs, 719-535-0. 0355. Call that number and any of our fantastic, fantastic agents can help you out. Uh, the Luchak group at Keller Williams Clients Choice to reach me directly, 719-271-8888. The Luchak group email is makespringshome.com.
0: Absolutely. Well, Greg, we appreciate your time uh, joining us here on KRDO News Radio, talking about the market, kind of getting that inspiration, not only for the market, but really that entrepreneurial mindset as well. And uh, best of luck as this uh, endeavor continues to grow.
2: Absolutely. Really appreciate you, Andrew. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. That does it here for The Extra. We have Tom Martino up next here on KRDO News Radio.